Hello everyone and welcome to Magical Streaming, the podcast where we watch Disney Plus, tell you some facts, tell you some trivia, and give you some hot takes. My name is Amber. My name is Marie. And, and today, today <laughs> we're going to be doing things a little bit differently in the new year. Yes. We are going to be starting things off with a movie that is not exactly Disney. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, this is actually going to be how we're going to do things from now on. The first episode of every month is going to be not a Disney classic, I guess is the best way to describe it. Because that's mostly what we've been doing so right. far. I mean, they were not all classics. Right. But you know, we've just been going chronologically because, listen guys, I love Disney. I love a lot of the classics. But it's been a really rough patch. It's been so difficult. Also, I am just recovering from tonsillitis, and I needed to not watch Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> I could not. Which actually, were we should have watched that before because it's nineteen forty. Oops. And I could not. So, um, which I mean, it might be very good. I've never seen it, so maybe a lot of people out there love it. I could not. I needed I needed something for my soul. <laughs> and that's how we got to 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes. Because this is one of my favorite movies. Yes. Um, also, because of Marie's tonsillitis, we didn't put out an episode last week. Yes. Um, and because... didn't really post anything about that. So yeah. we haven't just disappeared. Yeah. It was Sorry. just another <laughs> illness-related hiatus. So yeah, I got the Disney bug coming back from Disney, and I was recovered right in time for the holidays. And then, of course, December 26th, my throat started hurting. And then the entire rest of the holiday season. Ugh, it was just not fun. No, it wasn't. Like, I couldn't sleep. My throat hurts so much. I know. I'm better now. She is. And so we're back. Um... I'm thinking also the third week of the month we will mix up the chronological order. So yeah, every like, other week we'll be doing it chronologically. Switch it up a little. But there's a large you, library. Yeah, so just give you something to keep you on your toes. Like at some point we're going to start doing Marvel Mondays and Star Wars Saturdays. I just decided that. Okay. <laughs> Thank I, you for running that by me. Ahead of time. You're so, welcome. The first episode of the month is Podcaster's Choice, which means uh-huh. every other month Marie will decide and I will decide. And then on the third week of the month, we will do something. Um, Haven't decided yet because she also just threw that out there. I'm thinking on the third of this month, we can finally talk about season one of The Mandalorian. Oh, so like. TV shows. TV shows or maybe original content, including things that aren't necessarily movies, like The Day in Disney was just a one-time special. Stuff like that. No, it's not. There's several episodes. There's short episodes, but not. I think there's long episodes also. I don't think they made a short episode about Bob Iger. Anyway. Oh, we can also talk about um, the Imagineering Imagineering story. story. Of course. So, but today, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes. I'm going to let Marie tell you about the synopsis. Yep. And this, so this is the first PG-13 rated Ooh. movie that we have reviewed on the podcast. Sassy. Getting wild. All right. So synopsis, according to Disney Plus, goes as follow. On the first day at his new school, Cameron instantly falls for Bianca, the gorgeous girl of his dreams. But she is forbidden from dating until her ill-tempered, completely undateable older sister Kat goes out too. All right. There you go. Lovely premise. If you need to know. (coughs) Um, So I'm going to start out with the history. The script for 10 Things I Hate About You was finalized in November 1997. And... It was Touchstone Pictures who put out this movie. Touchstone Pictures, for those of you not familiar, like Marie wasn't earlier, 
is owned by Disney. It's dormant now, meaning that they're not putting out new movies, but it came about in the 80s um, as a way to put out movies that didn't necessarily fit that Disney label. So it is technically Disney in the same way that ESPN is Disney. Thank you, Eisner. It was owned and it was distributed by Buena Vista Pictures, which is now known as Walt Disney Studio Motion Pictures. So, in 1999, March 31st, to be exact, it premiered. Uh, The budget was $16 million in 1998 money which today is $24,701,848.74. Stop it with your cents and your... They just round it up. Never. About $24.7 million. That would have been enough. It, it was more than that, though. But the bout. Um, and it did very well. In the box office, it brought in $53.5 million. I'm not surprised. It's a lovely movie. It's a great movie. It was considered to be the breakthrough role, breakthrough roles for Julia Stiles, Heath Ledger, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. And Julia actually auditioned and wanted to play Bianca. Uh, actually, yes, but also Larissa originally auditioned and wanted to play Cat. But playing Cat. As we said, this was considered the breakthrough for Julia Stiles, and she won two awards for her portrayal as Cat, a Chicago Film Critics Association Award for Most Promising Actress, and the MTV Movie Award for, um, I believe, Best Female Character. I didn't write it down. Uh, <laughs> I wrote down the Chicago Film Critics Association, or uh, Breakthrough Actress, one of the two. So... It is a good thing she ended up playing cat, and honestly, it's it suits like yeah, it really went better that way. Yes, I totally agree, especially with the pairings, like with right. Heath Ledger playing Patrick and Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing Cameron. Right. It, I feel like picturing it, it would have been so odd to switch around those pairings. I don't think there would have been a problem with Larissa and Heath Ledger. I think it would have been really weird, Julia Stiles and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, he was so baby-faced. And, like, she wasn't... They were both... 17. Yeah, both Julia and Larissa. But she looks... I was actually really surprised, like, because obviously it's not unknown for Hollywood to cast adults in high schooler roles but she was actually the age of a high school senior right and it's kind of weird to think about it because looking at her in the movie she doesn't look really like a high like she looks like a hollywood version of a high school senior which is a 25 year old which is not to say she hasn't well like not 25 but no, I think she does look like a high school senior. Hmm. Just a 1999 version of That's a high school true. senior. Which, I mean, if you looked at high school seniors today, you would also say, wow, these girls do not look That's 17. Um, so, casting-wise, that's great. And the I'm going to steal <coughs> some trivia here. I, why, why do you do that? So, Julia Stiles... The table dancing scene. Yes, that's how she got her role for Save the Last Dance. Yes! Which is another movie that I love. Listen, like, okay. Julia Stiles Stiles was the queen. She was one of my very first girl crushes. Like, when I was... What a peculiar choice. Okay, when I was 11, I think... Like, the movie came out, I was 10, mm-hmm. but I think I was 11 when I first saw it. I was around 11 or 12, like, 5th, 6th grade. Um, I had pictures, but, like, black and white printed at my mom's oh office. Oh, my goodness. 
that I just took off the internet. And then I went, we went to her office and I printed a bunch of pictures and my wall was covered. Like, I'm not talking just a few pictures here and there. From left to right, the entire space, it was not just Julia Stiles, but she was featured heavily. (laughs) And she was my first, like, girl crush obsession where I went and I found the movies she had been in. And, like, that, it lasted a few years because at that point she hadn't been in that many things, but you know, the following the subsequent years, I went and found the movies she had been in, and it was not that easy in, like, the early 2000s to just go to, like, Blockbuster. And say, I want Julia Stiles. No, I knew which movies I was looking for, but if they weren't new releases anymore, they only had, like, a certain selection of movies that were not popular releases or classics. Right. I think it's also different because, uh, in case anyone has forgotten, Marie and I live in Quebec, although I grew up in the U.S., and Marie did not. Uh, She grew up (laughs) in Quebec in a smaller town, and all of the movies... They were in French. I saw all of these movies in French. So... But, like... So you try going to Blockbuster in suburbs and be like, oh yeah, um, I would like to rent, like, let's see, which movie? Because she wasn't, I know I saw some of these, like, I Mona think. Mona Lisa oh, Smile? No, Mona Lisa Smile was, okay, first of all, Mona Lisa Smile came out in, well, 2003. But it was somewhat, because it had a big cast. Mm. You know, you have Julia Roberts in there, and then you have a few yeah. more well-known actresses like Kristen Dunst, and was she in there? I don't know. I think so. I might be mistaken. But no, there was uh, Down to You was a movie with, I believe, Freddie Prince Jr. Yep, Freddie Prince Jr. and Julia Stiles. It's not a very, I'm sure a lot of people are like, what are you talking about? That was a movie that I was like, oh, she was in this movie, so I gotta watch it. <laughs> So, yeah, that was hard to do in the early 2000s. And, yeah, so she sparked one of my first girl crush obsessions. And then this movie in particular, I knew it by heart. My goodness. I'm, and I'm not, like... I know. You were an obsessed... You were hyper-fixating on things before there was other ways to hyperfixate like nowadays if you hyperfixate on something you can consume all sorts of different media around it you can read fan fiction and find websites and fully devoted to those things and you can go on yeah Pinterest like fan fiction was and... a thing but it was just starting like, right. like the first fan fiction i ever read was about buffy the vampire slayer and like it was it was on a dedicated buffy fanfiction right. website it wasn't like fanfiction.net but yeah so so i guess if you were hyper fixated on things back then what else could you do except watch it again and again and that's what i did and it was on vhs so i would put it in i would watch it i would rewind it i would watch it again did the same thing with practical magic and i knew both of those movies by heart when i was 12 and I wrote out the scripts on my computer, on Word, and then I printed it multiple times. For what purpose? To give it to my friends, because in my mind, we were going to act it out and film it ourselves. Wow. You know what the worst part is? I didn't even give myself a good role in Practical <laughs> Magic. This one I did. I was cat. You better believe it. But Practical Magic, I was one of the ants. Anyway, off track here. Oh my goodness. So, some facts. <laughs> Let's look at some trivia. Please tell me some <laughs> trivia. Alright, so. Uh, the movie itself was, even though it has a sizable budget, um, it was all shot using real location. There was not a single set yeah. for this movie. 
and uh, particularly the school in the film is an actual high school. Private school. I don't know that it's a private school. Like, it's called Stadium High School, and it's located in Tacoma. And it was not meant to be a school. It was not built Obviously, to be a school. Obviously, it was not it was built, built to be a school. To be, it was built to be a railroad station hotel, chateau style. But then there was fire damage, and once it was renovated, it was renovated into a public high school what in Tacoma, frick? Washington. It's like, got to be in a super rich district. Like, it's got to be the richest people live around there, and that's the... Well, again, it wasn't... <clears throat> that was not the intention for it. So... But anyway, can you imagine going to high school and your high school looks like a freaking castle? No. I would. I wish. Let me tell you something about my high school. It was built new just a few years before I started by the same people who designed the juvie also <laughs> in our town. <laughs> so, no, I can't imagine going to a high school that looks like a chateau. <laughs> Your high school was also a hazard. It had windows everywhere. There were so many windows. If there was a tornado, we all would have died. People, our high school was set up in kind of um, a Y shape. And at the end of the Y, there was the gym. And then, like, um, in the middle, there's the cafeteria and on the other side, like art rooms and et cetera, et cetera. But at the two prongs of the Y, both our high school was two stories high and the entire stairwell area was just windows, floor to ceiling, windows. And all of the classrooms, not all of them, but most of the classrooms, because there were three on each side, surrounded by lockers, um, so six in those wings per floor and four of them on both sides of the door were just windows so you could see into the classroom at any time now when we were doing uh active shooter drills because yeah i'm young enough that we did active shooter drills at my high school we were all like What's the point? There's these windows. How am I going to get under my desk when you can look through this? I can look out into the hallway right now. So, no. Again, my high school was not, and everything was stark white, and our lockers were white, and it was just, I can't imagine going to a chateau school where it's pretty and There's not a tennis court. And this little hill down onto the football field. Yeah. No. And it's by the water. Like, yeah, this is a, this is a gorgeous school. Like, my high school was not such a nightmare design as yours, but it was just a pretty standard high school. Um, the So the house also that they used, that also is an actual house for which they used mm-hmm. both the interior and the exterior of the house um and i'm not sure at what point exactly this fact that i found was put up but some point in the last i'm gonna guess 10-15 years it was listed for 1.6 million i'm gonna say that was probably a while ago because i would expect that house to be worth a lot more now depends depends on where it is it's in tacoma but i guess it depends on other things like is it on, uh, like, what's the land like? Because... You can see it. You can No, literally... no, no, but for instance, um, one of the podcasts I listen to, the, the host, talks about how her house is built on land that if an earthquake were to happen, the land would turn into a sinkhole, essentially, nice. because of the water table. And so... That brings down a property's value. Okay, fair enough. Um, Let's see. So also, the marching band in the movie was an actual high school marching band from the area. 
It was, however, not from that particular high school. Uh, they were approached by the makers of the movie to do the scene, but they did not have a marching band. Well, so uh, instead, they contacted Lincoln High School, which was nearby, also in the Tacoma area. And they, you know, they, they were like, sure. <laughs> we'll be in your movie. <laughs> yep. So then they went out to be the marching band depicted in the scene. Um, they did use some of the Stadium High School band okay. in the scene, but they had to be taught how to march. <laughs> because I guess the other marching band maybe wasn't big enough to their taste. Mm. Um. Also, the song that they perform, which, you know, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You by Frankie Valli, uh, that was actually, apparently, Julia Stiles' idea. Oh. Yeah, she was the one that suggested it. They were going to use a different song, which I can't remember now what it was, but it was used in Scream 2. Okay. So, I don't know if that mean that they couldn't get the rights so soon after or because they were like no it's already been used in another movie that's well known so let's right. not play off of that um <clears throat> so in terms of now of course 10 things i hate about you is based off of shakespeare the taming of the shrew yes which i've actually never read it's one of the well not one of the few. I'm not versed in the Shakespearean arts. I am not, but I used to own some, like, they used to sell these tiny, really thin books that were all plays, so across the board, not just Shakespeare's, but um, I used to own a fair amount of those. I hate reading plays, I'm gonna be honest. I enjoy it. I hate them so much. Uh, but yeah, so not only in the plot line, they did also reflect that in some of the names that were used in the movie. Uh, so for example, the main character's last name, Stratford, which reflects William Shakespeare, born in Stratford-upon-Avon. Uh, Patrick's last name is Verona, which is the birthplace of his corresponding character from the play, also probably more known for... In Romeo Verona and Juliet. Um, also, the high school itself is called Padua, which is the city in which the place is set, and the two girls' names, Kat and Bianca, which in the play, Bianca and Katharina. Uh, so they also fed off of that. Now, in the German version of the movie, this is, I, fa- I love those facts. I love when they switch things around to make them more relevant. Right. Um, which I never really thought about the fact that they can also do... Like, I was just thinking about Inside Out when they replaced the broccoli with bell peppers in Japan. And for some reason, I never thought of the fact that they can do that in dubbed movies because right. who knows what they said in the original version. You decide what the script sounds like now. Uh, so in the original version, Kat wants to go to Harvard instead of Sarah Lawrence because... Right. I'm guessing it's a more I mean, yeah, if you don't school. know, honestly, as a small child, when I was younger, I didn't know Sarah Lawrence either. I'm still not really that familiar <laughs> with, like, I know it's a school. I'm guessing it's a pretty big one, like, but I don't know the appeal of it. Um, but, you know, Harvard being Ivy League is a little more renowned, I yeah, guess. Yeah, everybody in knows foreign Harvard. countries. Uh, and also, when Bianca finds a picture in the drawer, in one of Kat's drawer, when they're looking through the room, um, instead of being a picture of Jared Leto, it's a picture of Johnny they Depp. They don't find it. She says, oh. once I found a picture of Jared Leto, that's how she knew she wasn't playing right for the other team. Okay. Um, well, point is, it's Johnny Depp instead of Jared yeah. Leto. Um which, also, like, both of those aspects were more popular in Germany at that time. So, I mean, Jared Leto, Johnny Depp. Yeah. That did not age well. No, the movie aged well. Those two choices did not. Um, so another little fun fact is Cameron learns French in the movie to tutor Bianca 
In real life, Joseph Gordon Levitt speaks French fluently, which I always like when actors speak French because I'm like, oh, I could talk to them in my. <laughs> I mean, you don't even want to speak French in Montreal, a city full of French people, and yet you're going to go up to a famous celebrity and go, "Oh, ça va?" <laughs> Bonjour. Bonjour, ça va? I mean, maybe it's just my kid brain still, because then it's like I could have conversed with these people they even before me. I learned English. Tu me comprends? I just like it. Um, however, on the other side, someone who didn't know how to do something is Andrew Keegan, who didn't know how to draw genitals. What? So he had to be, he had to be taught and <laughs> David Krumholtz did the honors. <laughs> he was like, you're going to draw this on my face, so I should probably show you how to properly draw it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. You know, Andrew Keegan is one of those actors where, like, he was the pretty boy in the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I haven't heard of him in 20 years. Same. Like, he, I'm sure he still acts. And he had such a, like, it's it's just one of those faces that you know is going to be typecast. I mean... It is what it is. Yeah. It's just like... Oh. That face <laughs> is not... looking at his yeah. face now and is like, ooh. It did not age quite... I mean, it's he's not terrible. He's still ter- acting. Yeah, he's still acting. No, he's... I mean, he's still good looking. It's just... It's definitely not the same... You could not get the same typecast now. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, and he was older well he was only 20 which is uh compared to gabrielle union i believe was 26 26. and i cannot remember her name right now but the girl who plays maureen was 28 yeah which she's another actress from like she was in drive me crazy she was in center stage she she was of the time yeah that movie, that now that's a high nostalgia factor movie for me. What? It just makes me feel like... Which? This. Ten thing, this movie. Ten okay, you have. said now yeah, that as if one of the two you had just referred to. Yeah, I mean, also. Drive me crazy, like, come on. But no, it's just, I think that's one of the reasons it makes me so happy. <laughs> Alright, I'm glad know. for you. Anyway, this is the getting off track podcast guys um a few more facts here the scene in which cat reads the poem at the end of the movie was done in one take is the one and only and apparently her tears were real and they were not planned well yeah and uh another improv ish I guess uh is Heath Ledger playing with fire (laughs) very very different approach but you know know. they both they both read their characters well yep uh that's that's about it that's what I have for trivia well I got one saying power and that is in 2009 ABC Family brought back 10 Things I Hate About You as a sitcom. I and never saw it. It was uh, 20 episodes, ran between July 7th, 2009 and May 24th, 2010. So it was a big hit, clearly. Clearly a huge hit. Um, Lindsay Shaw played Cat. See, this is the thing. You can't recast this movie. You just can't. I Lindsay Shaw is a great choice to play cat. But it's you It's so iconic. The cast of this movie is in big parts what makes this movie. 
okay well you clearly have a strong nostalgia connection i'm telling you what happened and i'm telling you it was a good choice so well clearly it didn't work that well if there were only 20 episodes that didn't even span a whole year abc family shows they put out a lot of shows and even if a show is quote unquote good it does not mean that it is good you know, I mean, that doesn't, what does that have to do with a canceled show? It means sometimes I don't understand why some of their shows keep going, even though they're not good, and others get canceled. Okay, well, you didn't watch that show, so I you don't I watched know. some you... of the episodes. Oh, you did? I did. How was it? I liked it. <laughs> Uh, I just also like what's Fun the premise? Facts. Is it just the retelling, the whole retelling of the plot point, or is it more of a like a sequel? No, it's not a sequel at all. It is there. The same plot points are some overall story arches, but it's um, it's a sitcom. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, how do you stretch that movie into 20 episodes? Well, you put in other things that happen. Like, you put it over a school year. (laughs) Yeah, because this movie takes place over, what, two weeks? Something like that. But no, you put it into a school year instead. I suppose. And, fun fact, the dad reprised his role as the dad. That I'm not surprised about. He's he's a classic also. He is. So that wraps up all the factual parts of this. And now we can start talking about our opinions. As if (laughs) we we haven't already. The entire time. Let's first get into some hot takes. Marie, the floor is yours. First hot take. Go ahead. Do I have hot takes? I have a few hot takes. Okay, you start. My first hot take is, I know this isn't uh, specific to this movie, but more indicative of the time frame. But why does Kat go around seemingly all the time not wearing a bra? Why? (laughs) Yeah, that's a 90s thing, and you know it. I do, but it always... The fact that she flashes her teacher, and you can tell she's not wearing a bra. I mean... Wait, are you talking in terms of... You can tell with the shirt that she's wearing and that she's not wearing a bra. Well, yeah, obviously you can tell she's not wearing a bra. She flashes him. Yes, It would not be as effective if she were flashing him wearing a bra. Um, yeah, he would still, I think be like what are you doing which is the purpose of this the point is why i I, i'm not on board with that okay well no i'm gonna take i'm gonna take a different route here in saying that a lot a lot of women choose not to wear bras and that's completely fine like if i could i would i i don't think i would feel comfortable but and sometimes you don't wear bras. You say that. You answered the door to a delivery own, person. I'm not going to school. Never going to school. Okay, that, that well. That delivery person was coming into my own house. Point is, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with not wearing a bra out in public. That's what I'm going to say. Also... When Kat gets upset, when Patrick does not kiss her after the party, it is the most ridiculous thing because she is clearly super drunk. And him not wanting to kiss her because she's super drunk, why is she mad? I mean, okay, in the moment, I can understand. The fact that she stays mad at him, I would say that's probably just pride. Because... It makes no sense. You want somebody who's... That's the right thing to do. Yeah, I know. Obviously. <laughs> did the right thing. So... 
I don't understand. Also, Joey's not that good looking. <laughs> I mean, okay. Also, you, that's also, I feel like that's also um, of its time. Because there was he a looks certain... like a greaser. <laughs> this isn't the 1950s and 60s. This is the 1990s. And he looks I mean, like he, a greaser. He kind of has... I feel like he would have fit well in a boy band, though. No, he should have had swishy hair. Well, no, there was... Slick, if, slick back hair has always been for creepy people swish it okay that's a hot take in general people listen you can tell he was the bad guy because of the fact that his hair was slicked back you can tell he was a bad guy because he made a bet that he could have sex with a girl but also just by looking at him (laughs) i mean yeah that's kind of you know the good guy turns out to be bad guy is a recent no I never thought he was a good guy it was never even no, that, that he was a exactly, good guy exactly that's what I mean like in those I feel like if no. you go back into the late 90s no Princess teen, Diaries you, you thought he was a good guy Yes, I thought Brink was a good guy, okay? Everybody else who is listening knows about the Disney Channel original movie, Brink, in which Eric Van Dutten stars as Brink with his swishy hair. And he's like, oh yeah, Mia, I'll go out with you. And you're like, oh, he is a good guy. Secretly. No, no. he's only wanting to go out with her after... It's revealed that she is royalty, and also she has an entire makeover. Okay, okay. His intentions were never good from the get go. He, you could tell. No, I had no doubt in my mind that he was not good. The makeover thing is a huge trope in all the movies, and it's always like, oh, now she's pretty and everybody wants her. Even in other movies, the guy that she ends up with. So, of course, listen, okay. But how can you not expect her to get with my... Okay, we're going to watch The Princess Diaries, (laughs) and we can talk about this then. The point is, my hot take is, Joey wasn't even that good looking. I don't know why she was going after him. Honestly, everybody should have been thirsting after Patrick. Well, yeah, that's true. The whole school should have been like, how you doing? (laughs) Well, okay, he had a bit of a reputation that was probably put up for some people. A bad boy? With a face like that? Everyone should have been thirsting. That's that's a good point. (laughs) Honestly, the biggest inconsistency in this movie is that everybody wants to date Joey instead (laughs) of Patrick? Question marks? Oh, actually, you know who's hot is his friend. Like, uh, Joey's friend. You bro, I don't know. Which? At the beginning, when he's talking about Bianca. Oh, yeah, he's hot too, but he's no Patrick. No, but he's hotter than Joey. As I just said, Joey's not even hot. That's like, <laughs> the bar is off the ground. Great. Yeah. I mean, no, I think I think he's cute. I don't know that I would call him hot, but I think he's cute. In the 90s, uh, you were 10. Yeah, I wasn't exactly... Yeah. Well, I mean, you put pictures of Julia Stiles on your wall. Would you have put a picture of Andrew on your wall? I don't think I had any pictures of boys on my wall. <laughs> maybe... Maybe Nick... Um... Nick Lachey? No... Is it Nicholas Brandon? I think so. He played Xander in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You asked that me. was another... Hyperfixation? Buffy? Kind yeah. of, I guess. Well, but I was going to say that was another thing that was displayed on my wall of pictures. <laughs> there was Buffy pictures, Julia Stiles, and Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Your parents didn't know you weren't straight? I don't know. I never asked. 
Although, um, I vividly remember a conversation around the dinner table when I was a teenager when my mom said I would make a good lesbian. And she has no recollection of ever making that <laughs> comment, but I remember it. You were like, hmm, I'll file that away. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Add it to my to-do list. I guess, in a way, I took her advice. I was like, might as well. That boy's thing isn't working out so well for me. You don't have any hot takes about this movie? You're too enamored with it? Yeah, like... And see, another thing is, I feel like it's a movie that aged well. Like, there's not really much in it that makes me cringe. Because all the things that are like... It's pretty, like... You know, Cat when Cat, for example, is complaining about no female author being put on the reading list in her English class, and the teacher is like, "Yeah, that must be tough for you, little <laughs> white girl." But go and ask them why they can't put a black author on the list. So, like, you know, it's a movie that knows itself. That's true. So, yeah, no, I feel like it's a movie that aged well, and there, I, I guess the only thing I would have to say is they really didn't have to be that rude, rude to that poor sign girl, especially since they ended up going to the prom, like, just yeah. tearing that sign down all the time, That's and so right rude. in front of her, too, like, <laughs> she, you know, she just finished putting it up, she's going around the school, With her little Tape? bin full of <laughs> posters. And, like, she is putting these posters up. And that's what she's got to do. And then this girl just comes around whenever she gets one up. And just, like, yeah, tearing it down. It's weird. Um, fine. Not a hot take. But something that you mention every single time. We uh, watch the movie you say I wish that existed in real life yeah <laughs> the paintball I mean come on how how is it that nobody has cashed in on that the the paint balloon game yeah like actual paintball is painful you need an like You need a un well, not a uniform, but you need protection gear, and you need to actually know how to aim. And it's just like you have to carry a gun around, and just no, I don't see the appeal. I don't want my brother has played paintball a lot, and come home with bruises. I don't want none of that. I want a fun little lighthearted game where I'm throwing paint-filled balloons and that's it. I guess lottery plans? Yeah, I swear to God. If, well, I mean, okay, where could you... Florida. It rains too much in Florida. You could not. Yeah, you could. Well, you would have to make it an indoor space. Yeah. Or, and some outdoor space. An indoor-outdoor space. No, I feel like more like on the West Coast. Well, then like, your dream is going to have to die because <laughs> we will never live on the West Coast. I'm proclaiming it here on the podcast. West Coast, worst coast. Eh. As an opposite of West Coast, best coast. Because... I'm Okay, I'm not, like, one versus the other, to be honest. Here's the problem with the West Coast. It rains too much up top. And then, not enough down south. And down south, it doesn't rain enough. And then there's earthquakes. And then there's fires. I don't want any of this. These are all bad. Yeah, but then in Florida, you have swamps and hurricanes. Yeah, but you know a hurricane. And you have Florida man. You, well, you know, that's just how it is. <laughs> you know a hurricane's a coming, at least. California's due for a big earthquake. Like, 
they're supposed to historically it's overdue actually it's way overdue so any day they could have a huge earthquake i don't want to be putting myself in the huge because earthquakes are the scariest of natural disasters because there is no way to tell that it's coming i mean yeah but at the same time sometimes you have other natural disasters that you know are coming and you still don't have enough time to get out but at least you can get somewhere safe I suppose. Point is, that's the only thing you've got to do, I guess, a pipe dream for you. Um, Let's get to the rating. Villain is Joey. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to put him at a solid five. I mean, he's more of a tool than a villain. Like, he's just a jerk. He's a teenage jerk that's following a very popular trope in teen movies. I mean, he broke up with Kat after she said she didn't want to sleep with him again. Yeah, that makes him worse. So, that's why he's getting a five from me. Uh, I guess I can give him a four. (laughs) But, yeah, he's... He's a jerk. (laughs) All right, fair enough. Overall movie ranking, what are you doing? Wait, rewatchability. No, I was going to do rewatchability after. I'm switching things up. What? Okay, fine. <laughs> new year, new podcast <laughs> metric. Yeah, okay. Uh, total, let's see, official ranking. I'm going to give it a nine. I, I love this movie I know you so do. much. You explained to everybody how you wrote <laughs> out the script. Yeah. I remember, you know, one thing that sticks, you know, like, sometimes you have those weird little flashes, memories that you're like, that I remember. It, yeah. And it, but, or not even just vivid, just like completely random. Like, this is a completely uninteresting fact about my life. Why do I remember that? But I distinctly remember, like... When I was writing out the script and we had an old boxy computer because I was 12, so it was in 2001, and I think it was like Windows 98. We were not at Windows 2000 yet. And so even just starting up Word took up so much time that I knew exactly where to put the cursor of the mouse to click on the open folder before the icon oh, appeared. Goodness. Oh, and I would, I would click on it before it appeared, and it would just, yeah. Well, because I spent so, I would go, I would spend so much time on the computer just to like, I was not even on the computer to be on the internet so much or anything. It was literally just to go on Word and write out the script from memory. <laughs> I'm going to give this movie uh, also a 9 because I really enjoy it. I'm not you, but... Does that mean I should rank it higher? But uh, I'm always down to watch 10 Things I Hate About You. It's great. It's a great time. So rewatchability. I could rewatch this movie probably once a week. For at least a few months before I was like, maybe once a month. Yeah. Oh, same. Definitely. I mean, I, I don't think I'm at the stage anymore. I mean, actually, maybe for, for like a week. I think for a week I would be able to watch it every day. <sighs> and then I would be like, okay, let's do this less often. The thing is, I don't have the time anymore. Right. But no, just like sixth grader me was watching it over and over again. So clearly... It had a lot of rewatchability potential in my mind. Sixth grader me was watching... Oh my goodness. I was in sixth grade in... Uh, well, if I was in sixth grade in 2001, you were in 2005. Five? Yeah, you're right. 2005. Um, oh my god, that's a year before I graduated high school. Yeah, well... It was 2005. I was watching a lot of Disney Channel. Um, ooh, there was a Mary Kate Nashley movie called The Challenge. Uh, if anybody knows where I can get The Challenge, send me a link. I love The Challenge. It was like they were 
sisters who had moved away from each other because their parents had separated and now they were competing on a game show to win college scholarships and they were on opposite teams and they didn't know the other one was coming and one was all preppy and of course that's like the basis of mary kate and ashley the other one was a hippie there you go there you have it and i loved that movie and i did probably watch it a ton of times also mean girls um i watched a lot a lot so yeah i guess that's what my i like my favorite mary kate and ashley movies remain it takes two and billboard dad um i loved getting there uh their 16th birthday they get their driver's license and they're going to the winter olympics in salt lake city so is around that time and the challenge uh those are my favorite although i also loved our lips are sealed i've not seen any of those our lips are sealed are the, is the one where they're in the witness protection program after they witness a crime <laughs> Man, these girls are now just not acting at all anymore because they did it all before they were 20. Oh, yeah. Like, what is what is there left when to I do? When I was young, I wanted... I had so many American Ashley books and the movies. And also, they had their clothing line. They still have a very... Now they have a high-end clothing line. Yeah. But when I was little, they had, like, their Mary-Kate and Ashley brand in Walmart... And I always wanted my back-to-school clothes to be Mary Kate and Ashley. Uh, 90s and early 2000s, folks. What a time. Yeah. This was a, this was a 10 Things I Hate About You podcast, but this was also a nostalgia about... Like, this is just about the early 2000s. Yeah, and just, like, how different were our lives back then? So different. So different. But next week... We're going back, back, back to Swiss Family Robinson. And I think we're going to watch both of them. There's two? Yeah, there's one in, there was one in 1940. Mm -hmm. And there was one in, I don't remember right off the top of my head the exact year, but it was in the 60s. All right, well, we'll watch them both and tell you about them both. If they're both on Disney Plus, I have not looked. But they're both Disney, so. Well, we're going to find out. Until next time. Enjoy your magical streaming. Bye-bye.